What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. It's Showtime Synergy. The latest review podcast from the GeekCast Radio Network is here. So join TFG1 Mike, Nicole Hailstorm, and myself, Lady Rec, as we will be reviewing all 65 episodes of Joe and the Holograms in a 25-episode-long podcast. You can find Showtime Synergy on iTunes and GeekCastRadio.com. We are the truly outrageous podcast that you want to be listening to. And the masters of the universe. I am Adam, Prince of Eternia and defender of the secrets of Castle Grayskull. This is Cringer, my fearless friend. Fabulous secret powers were revealed to me the day I held aloft my magic sword and said, By the power of Grayskull! became the mighty battle cat and I became He-Man, the most powerful man in the universe. Only three others share this secret. Our friends, the Sorceress, Man-at-Arms, and Orko. Together we defend Castle Grayskull from the evil forces of Skeletor. There it is, the final game piece. It's going to be quite a climb. Better start now. Don't bother, He-Man. Game piece is mine. Spycor will be winner. Spycor is strongest. Spycor talks too much. Hello, this is Optimus Solo, and welcome to the 43rd chapter in Tales of Eternia. With me for this journey into the Masters of the Universe franchise, as always, is TFG1 Mike. Are you ready? For some more powers of Grayskull, sir. Yes, but only if we can go to the um, Crystal Palace, please. Not yet. Not yet. Soon, soon, but not yet. We have a few pieces of business we still got to take care of. We are uh, five episodes to go as far as reviews. So, um, And none of these episodes feature Grayskull in them at all. It's okay. Um, no, it's not. It it's, is okay. But before no, we get not. into what we're talking about today, obviously He-Man has been in the news a little bit lately, and uh, most recently through Twitter, um, somebody involved with the behind-the-scenes of the future Masters of the Universe film tweeted out a, uh, a concept art image of Battle Cat that made the rounds and uh, 
went viral pretty quickly. Uh, what did you think when you saw that image of Battle Cat? Uh, well, first of all, I... <laughs> Every so often, and I don't know if this is just on mine or if it's on everybody's Facebook, but if you look on your just your main page of Facebook, not your page specifically, but the main timeline, whatever the hell, under where it says, uh, you know, where it has an ad there, it says trending, and it has the first top three things trending. And I looked the other day, and I'm like, wait, why is Battle Cat trending? What the hell is going on here? <laughs> and I looked at it, and it looks awesome. I mean, yeah, sure, it's only concept art, but it it looks great. Yeah, I mean, it definitely has a, a certain feel for it. Um, definitely looks uh, realistic, badass. Um, you know, almost like a dark tone, and definitely a ferocious uh, battle cat there. If that's anywhere near what they uh, end up going with, obviously, it's got some sepia tones to it, et cetera, which would not uh, we'd probably be seeing it in full color at some point, but uh, yeah. definitely has potential. Absolutely. So definitely something very cool to see. Also, uh, He-Man is, is is more in the forefront than you think. Um, just got back from seeing Chappie at the movie theater, and obviously it was in a lot of the trailers, but uh, the scene there's a scene where he turns the TV on, and he has a remote in his hands, and he's learning how to use it, and he hits power, and uh, the first thing you see on the TV is the filmation letters. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it goes on to do the intro to He-Man, and that's just an awesome, awesome moment. And, of course, the robot Chappie is kind of mimicking uh, He-Man when he pulls his sword out. Uh, so that was a cool moment. So He-Man's all over the place. Uh, great choice by them to include that in there. Yep. All right, so back to business, though, for today. In this episode of Tales of Eternia, we'll be giving you our thoughts on episode 126, Capture the Comet Keeper, Episode 127, The Ancient Mirror of Avatar, and Episode 128, The Games. So we hope you're ready, because it's time to go back to Eternia. Did you see it? That was wonderful, Zagros. It sure was. <laughs> oh, thank you. I'm, I'm glad you like it. This is my little one, Doodles. Oh, he's very timid, don't you know? And he sometimes doesn't do everything I tell him, but he has a very good heart. Gee, he reminds me of someone. Yeah, reminds me of you, little buddy. Yeah, that's right. Maybe we can play sometime. Oh, you're welcome to play with Doodles anytime you want. Gee, thanks. May we see just a little more, Zagras? Please? Very well. Away, my friends. <laughs> Time for an encore. Yes, it is pretty amazing. But what a waste. He plays with him. All that power and he plays with him. All right, we start today with episode 126. Capture the Comet Keeper, written by Robert Lamb, air date of Tuesday, December 4th, 1984. Plot goes something like this. Skeletor orders too bad to capture Zagraz, the Comet Keeper, so he can force him to direct his comets to destroy Castle Grayskull. Soon the comets are causing trouble all over Eternia without Zagraz's direction. So the bad guys, evil warriors, we have Skeletor and too bad. 
And for the Masters, we have the regulars. Um, what did you think about the, the idea that Skeletor has here to uh, use the Comets to his advantage and uh, try to use that to destroy Castle Grayskull? I think I've seen this in Season 1 when the, when the, yeah, the Comet Keeper first showed up. Yeah, except for Skeletor wasn't trying to kidnap him and use the comments at that point. No, he, but he was trying, you know, he was going to use the comet for evil in that episode, and that's the same thing he's doing here. Eh, that's it's slightly the, different. No. Yeah. No, not really. In the original Comet Keeper episode, when we first meet Zagraz, Skeletor has corrupted one of the comets and is going to use it to blow open Castle Grayskull. Or he's going to try to. It's exactly the same. That one specific part of the plot. I will say that, other than that, this episode is awesome. Okay. Um, all right. I mean, yeah, it's it's slightly similar, slightly different. I do like the idea that it's, you know, revisiting something from way back when in season one, kind of coming full circle towards the end of the series here. So I didn't have a problem with it. Um, and obviously we get uh, Too Bad in there, which we'll talk about a little bit later. So, again, not not a... Not a brand new plot idea. Um, so, again, like I say, like a broken record here, it comes down to execution when it comes to something like this because I'm not going to be sold on it completely just based on, on the, the plot. It's going to be how they execute it and how much fun it is along the way. So let's see exactly how much fun we had with this episode and see how many Castle Grayskull moments we have for episode 126. Whoa! Let, let me go! Stop struggling! No, you stop. You don't know what you're doing. The, the comets, the, the comets, oh, stop, please. My comets need me. Welcome to Snake Mountain. I'm pleased to have you as my guest. Oh, don't give me that. My comets will go wild without me. You're causing a great deal of trouble. Don't I always? I want you to use your comets to help me defeat He-Man and break into Castle Grayskull. Never. Oh, you must let me go, for goodness sake. I never, ever do anything for goodness sake. <laughs> Everything I do is for the sake of evil. But there's some good in everybody. Not in this body. <laughs> when are you goody-goody fools going to understand? I am completely and utterly evil. I live to be bad. I care for no one and no one cares for me. Well, what about your friend here? Watch your mouth. Yeah, don't ever call me that. You see, they, uh, that is, he hates me. But what is more important, he fears me. That's the way I like it. You can trust someone who's afraid of you. Oh, that's terrible. How can anyone be as evil as you? Oh, you flatter me, Comet Keeper. And speaking of comets, you're going to use yours to help me, or I shall keep you in my dungeon forever. All right, it's time for Castle Grayskull Moments for Capture the Comet Keeper. What did you like about this episode, sir? I like everything about this episode, and I have more Castle... I only have one Snake Mountain moment, and that's what I already mentioned earlier, in that it's the exact same plot as the Cosmic Comet from Season 1. But for Castle Grayskull, um, 
Skeletor, I feel so much better when I do something bad. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Um, I like his explanation of himself. Uh, even when Zagras is trying to, uh, he's trying to argue and say, oh, no, everyone has a little bit of good in them somewhere. Skeletor, not a chance. Um, the animation on the flying when they're in the Wind Raider and chasing the comets, those those turns and those what are probably, you know, stock animation shots of the Wind Raider turning, I thought that was just excellent. Um, Skeletor's quote again, they say two heads are better than one. I think they're wrong. <laughs> so, okay, so throughout this entire exchange between He-Man and Skeletor, that was the PSA. So we don't need a PSA at the end of this episode, right? Yeah, not really. Uh, <laughs> I just found it funny that they're hitting us over the head twice. Um... Skeletor, so many comedic lines in this episode, um, and the comet chasing Skeletor into the mud. That was hilarious. <laughs> what about you? <laughs> what else you got? Anything? No, that's it. Okay. What about you? Um, like I said, I like the continuity as far as the full circle moment with Zagras and calling back to it. Uh, they even do it in the episode. Remember the time? Or, you know, So they, they reference the other episode, so I like that. Um, I always like seeing Too Bad. I think he's a cool character. Um, and Skeletor... <laughs> I never do anything for goodness sake <laughs> like that. Um, and he had some other funny moments when he's like, they, I mean, he, um, and full evil in this episode, man. Skeletor went full evil in this episode. He was all about how bad he was and how evil he was. And um, it says in the, uh, on the DVD list that, um, that Robert Lamb was actually told by somebody at Filmation that he was going a little too far and making him too much uh, pure evil, and he needed to calm down a little bit. Um, <laughs> and uh, it's funny, when he's talking to Too Bad's constantly asking him for directions, and at one point uh, someone's coming towards Snake Mountain or whatever, and Too Bad's like, would you like me to you know, do whatever? And Skeletor kind of makes fun of him in a little sarcas- sarcasm there, and of course I want you to defend Snake Mountain. Like, don't just let <laughs> him come right in. And he's like, no, open the, open the door for him and let him in, you idiot. Um, and then he makes a comment to Zagraz. I don't suppose you have the same problems with your comets. <laughs> <laughs> so, and then he also makes fun of Two Head. I thought Two Heads would be better than one. So, I mean, Skeletor is evil and also funny in this episode. I didn't realize it that every single one of my Grayskull moments are related to Skeletor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that's all I had. Um, I really liked Skeletor yeah. in this episode. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, let's uh, make our way to Snake Mountain and see uh, what there is to detract from this one. I just love the view from this balcony. Me, me too. It's, it's so peaceful. Hey, look. Zagraz must be playing with his comets again. That's odd. We shouldn't be able to see them from here. I wonder what's going on. Yes, Duncan, what is it? I think you better come down here right away. Something's wrong. Uh, I, I'm in the lab. I'm on my way. Zagraz's comets are not even close to where they're supposed to be. That's what has me worried. There's no telling what effect these comets may have on the world. Have you tried calling Zagraz? Yes, but he doesn't answer. Maybe you and Tila should fly out to his mountain. He may be in trouble. Hey, look, that one's heading for the ocean. Boy, it's a pretty good thing there are no people out there. The comet is too near the water. It's causing a tidal wave. 
the comets are going all over Eternia. That tidal wave is only the beginning. Those comets will start windstorms and avalanches and who knows what else. Storms, avalanches? So far, no one's been hurt. The comets have wandered into vacant areas. Oh no, oh no, one of the comets is heading this way. Quick, we need He-Man. By the power of Grayskull. All right, sir, I'm going to let you take it away here for Snake Mountain, Capture the Comet Keepers. What didn't you like? Okay, again, I'm going to point this out. And no, there are no differences. The Cosmic Comet, Episode 1, directed by Steve Clark, September 30th, 1983. A comet has turned evil and is working for Skeletor. He-Man must convince an old wizard named Zagras with power over comets to help save Eternia. There's a difference here, and the main difference here is is that is one Skeletor has convinced one comet to be evil in that in that synopsis. In this one, Skeletor is not controlling the comets. He's simply taking the guy who is controlling them out of the equation and letting them kind of run amok and, and be chaotic. So, But he wants Zagras to control them. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details for him for evil right, it's, it's a the little same he's not taking one okay. comment and controlling them he's letting all the comments run loose it's, and it's a little different when you put semantics into it with one little wording of a different phrase but it's essentially the same damn plot still using the comments he tried it before it didn't work so he's trying a different angle with it he still knows that those are a powerful item so let's try it again yeah so um what else what's that old saying fool me once shame on you fool me twice shame on me well, you, know, gotta, you know 130 thing. episodes in you got to try to you, you know you got to repeat yourself don't have to repeat times, yourself apparently. you just got to go back to a certain ally or a certain enemy and say look let's try this again maybe we can go about it a different way and maybe it'll work yeah no what else did uh, you like that's it that's the only thing i don't like about this episode all right well that's one more thing than i had because i didn't have a single <laughs> snake mountain moment in this episode i'm not saying it's the best episode of the series or, or anything like that I, i'm not even going to rate it as high as i do some episodes but when it came time to watching it and jotting down stuff that i didn't like about it i, I really just didn't have much so yeah all right yeah. let's see exactly where we fall on this one as far as what rating are we going to give it so let's get to the awards and ranking segment that's gonna hurt if we fall on the power swords you might no. By the time I'm done with this episode. I don't think so. I know what it means. It's He-Man. Of course it's He-Man. They say two heads are better than one, but I think they're wrong. All right. As far as our first episode today, who gets some hardware? We're running out of uh, opportunities to give people hardware, Mike. Who gets one for Capture the Comic Keeper? Um, 
I'm going to give three out. Jesus. Uh, yeah. Power Swords to Doodles, Skeletor, and He-Man. <laughs> to who? Doodles, the comet. Oh, God. Come on! I didn't even think he, about that. He chased, he chased him out of his own house and had him land in, in mud. <laughs> Come on now. Yeah, I, I can see that somewhat. <laughs> um, I'm going to give uh, a power sword out to Skeletor if it wasn't a surprise based off of my uh, Castle Grayskull <laughs> moment. So I will agree with the Skeletor part. I did not give anything to He-Man or the actual comet, though. Well, um, the reason why I gave a power sword to He-Man is he has a few good lines against Skeletor. Even though Skeletor has the better comedic lines, He-Man does have a few quips in there. Yeah, fair enough. Um, as for ratings go, um, like I said, I, I made it sound like this is going to be like a five or something because I had all kinds of good things and nothing bad to say about it. I don't think it's quite like that. Like I said, it is somewhat of a recycled plot. Um, and I didn't find it as entertaining as I could have, especially from the master standpoint. Um, to me, most of the entertainment came between Skeletor and Too Bad, so I'm going to give this one a 4 out of 5. I'm going to give it 4.5. It all If it wasn't for the recycled plot, it would have gotten a 5. You're on a streak there. Three episodes in a row, 4, 5, and 4.5. Four and <laughs> Excellent. Well, let's see if that streak can continue as we get to episode 127 next. Uh, no. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> Adam, everyone and everything is on board. Well, except Moss Man. He should have been here by now. What is that? Good you made it. I got tired of waiting and took a nap. That seaweed is Moss Man? Yes. Whenever Moss Man goes to sleep, he changes into whatever plants are nearby. In this case, seaweed. Moss Man, meet Malakfa. He's our archaeologist. Well, glad to know you. Oh, please excuse me. I'm always leaving bits of me everywhere. <clears throat> All right, you stragglers, jump to it. Now, come on. Let me show you the ship. Now, you pay attention, Opie. This is very, very important. I'm listening, Father. Good. Now, this panel is the beacon rotational control. Tell me what it does. The BRC controls the beacon's turning or rotation. It monitors the speed and direction and tells us if the beacon stops turning. And what else? Oh, it... The control can be used to stop the beacon in emergencies to aid a ship in trouble. Father, I don't see why I have to learn all this stuff. Most of these machines are unautomatic, and we never have emergencies. Only because I have kept this beacon working all these years. Machines need repair and maintenance from time to time. But it's so boring. Check this, check that. Look at the weather report. Nothing ever happens. Not every job is exciting, son. Most jobs are quite ordinary, but they're still important. All right, up next is episode 127, The Ancient Mirror of Avatar, also written by Robert Lamb. Air date of Wednesday, December 5th, 1984. Prince Adam, Malakla, and Mossman board the Fairwind on an expedition to the ancient island continent of Avatar. But Trapjaw is also on board, disguised as a sailor slash pirate. So the bad guys, Skeletor is mentioned, otherwise we see Evil Lynn, Trapjaw, and Too Bad. Masters, it's just Prince Adam, He-Man, and Mossman. And the PSA is He-Man about boring jobs that seem unimportant, still being important, and some stuff like that. Uh, a little bit of trivia here. Story started 
life as a, um, a freelance script titled Angus Og Lighthouse Keeper, which Robert Lamb heavily rewrote to work in the context of the series, he put in so much exposition about the history of Eternia that the story became a two-parter. But when the filmation heads realized the series was coming to an end, the decision was made to keep it as one part. So, Thank God. So that's kind of uh, explained some stuff as far as why it might seem like a lot of stuff is trying to be crammed into one episode because originally there was a lot of history of Eternia, a lot more uh, interesting backstory probably that all kind of got shoved into one episode. So what do you think about this whole idea of uh, this ancient uh, area of Avatar and the continent that they're trying to explore with Malakta and Mossman and, and trying to retrieve artifacts, et cetera? I feel like we've um, gone back uh, to the treasure hunting days of Venom at this point. Yeah, I didn't. I, I don't ju- mind it though because we don't get it a lot in here. Well, yeah, I know, and I know you're one of those types of people that you love the treasure hunting stuff, and I get that. But it's just one of those things where we're the. This is the what fourth to the last episode mm-hmm. of the series. I want a He-Man Skeletor battle, damn it, and I'm not getting it. I know I'm not getting it. I, I, I want a big friggin' battle. I don't want these little one-off stories. I'm so glad this wasn't a two-parter, because there would be no point in this episode with the way that it exists now that you could split it. Like, there's no cliffhanger in here. There's Yeah, but you don't know the... what it was before they started cutting no, down no, no, no. to get to I, one episode. No. I know, and I understand that, and I, I, you know, I get that, but I'm saying, like, as is... Even on when they go to the, you know, they they do the commercial cliffhanger kind of thing. There's nowhere in this where you could have broken it up and then said, you know, come back tomorrow or come back next week for part two. It just, no. I don't mind the idea of, since they haven't overdone it a lot, but, you know, this is the first we're ever hearing of Avatar and it's, you know, X number of episodes in. I do like that they're bringing Malakta in to be a part of it since it is kind of more of like an archaeology, you know, that type of Mm -hmm. storyline. Um, so I don't mind that part of it. Um, you know, there's nothing like super spectacular, exciting about the plot, but it is, you know, well, we're going to go venture on here. We haven't seen He-Man, you know, on the seas very much in a ship or, or, you know, kind of traveling away to something like that also presents some dilemmas as far as Adam turning into He-Man and, and vice versa. Um, but I'm not, I'm not against the plot. I'm not super excited about it, but I'm not against it. So kind of similar to last episode. It's going to come down to the execution, and, and is it exciting or interesting or fun and adventurous along the way or not? So, I mean, out of the 130 episodes to this point, we've had three episodes where He-Man has been on the sea or been in a boat or something. Not, nothing like this where he's traveling right. from a dock to a mysterious island, but... There have been several episodes where, you know, it was set on the sea. And because this is set on the sea, why the frig does... Don't get me wrong, I love Trapjaw. (laughs) Why the frig does Trapjaw have to be the villain disguised on a boat? Why couldn't it be, you know, Merman under the boat trying to dissuade them? I would have been fine with Trapjaw being the one on the boat and trying to disguise himself as a sailor if Merman was the one, you know, in the distance or underneath. But that's what I'm saying. That's like, you know, you said this one isn't isn't too exciting, but it it isn't completely boring either. But it's one of those things where, for me, it would have made it more exciting if because this takes place on the sea and Merman says he's king of the seas, it would have made it a hell of a lot better if he was in this episode. Yeah, I can agree with that. I, I would have been a good time to have Merman in here, but uh, 
I'm not going to fault it for not having Merman, but uh, it was a missed opportunity of, of sorts. So I can see that. Uh, I would have liked to see what this script was originally when it was a two-parter, so I could judge it based on that instead of the hacked-up version that we that we end up getting. So, um, yeah. But I do think there are some good moments about this episode, so let's make our way to Castle Grayskull so I can tell you what they are. Are you sure this island exists? Yes, I'm convinced that the ancient island continent of Avatar is not a myth. Excuse me, but what is Avatar? According to legend, it's an island empire that ruled over much of Eternia. That empire fell when the continent disappeared. Until now, right? I think so. A small island with ancient ruins has been found. It may be Avatar. How long before we get there? Just a few more hours. All right, Castle Grayskull is here. And what do you have good to say about the ancient mirror of Avatar? Mossman, yay! Landing on Mossman is much better than hitting the ground. That's true. <laughs> I will say, also, as a third moment, now that I think about it, it was kind of cool seeing how Mossman's powers work and seeing him slither and change and do all that kind of stuff. I thought that was really cool. Other than that, I have so many more Snake Mountain moments than Castle Grayskull moments. Well, I am the opposite. I have more Castle Grayskull moments, so let's begin with that. Like I said, I like the Malacta continuity that we have him. He's still an archaeologist. He's still, you know, doing that thing. Mossman reappearing is awesome. I wasn't expecting that. Uh, They definitely have been giving me one of the things I asked for as far as uh, seeing more of the Masters and, and Warriors that I hadn't seen. Got too bad now, two episodes in a row. Uh, we get Mossman, and Mossman was great in this episode. Um, I know we'd seen him before, but this is probably his best episode. Um, he gets we get to see more of his abilities, and he you know he does a lot more, which is I think is very interesting. Um, Trap Jaw the pirate, I thought that was somewhat funny. I can't picture anybody else pulling that off in the Evil Warrior Horde, so uh, see what I did there. Um, but uh, Trap Jaw, I think, is a good choice for that. Even though I would still wish Merman would have been somewhere, kind of calling the shots in the distance. Um, I think it's a good lesson about jobs being important and yeah. how, you know, it's something we haven't got as much from the kids, uh, lesson moral segment as far as, you know, it might seem monotonous, it might seem boring, but, uh, that doesn't mean it's not important to some bigger factor. Um, a lot of backstory here. Uh, like I said, I wish I would have got to see the whole picture of that, but I do like that the writer acknowledges that they are out on sea and that there's really not going to be an explanation if He-Man is there at one point. So he makes a point to one at one point in the episode where Adam needs to change to He-Man. He changes to He-Man, does something, and then super quickly changes right back to Adam. Yeah. So that, you know, we don't have to deal with the fact that there's no explanation for why He-Man would suddenly be on the ship. So I like that he did that at that point. Um, I thought it took a little thought from the writer as far as doing that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think there were some some good things to like about this episode, uh, especially Moss Man. So <laughs> maybe you liked this episode a tiny, tiny bit more than you did. But again, I think there's some things oh, that suffered yeah, as far as uh, <laughs> the re-editing of, of the two-parter down into one that always causes some complications. So, yep. all right, let's see what everything you have to say when we make our way to Snake Mountain. I hold the entire knowledge of the Avatar Empire. Imagine all we could learn about this ancient civilization from this mirror. I can't wait to get this mirror back to the palace. I could spend the rest of my life just researching Avatar's past with it. Mossman, would you please start packing up the treasures in the other chamber? 
be happy to. I'll give you a hand with that mirror. All right, we've arrived at Snake Mountain for Mike to get on his soapbox and tell us everything that's wrong with the ancient mirror of Avatar. Hey, hey now, you've gotten on your soapbox. I know, so now it's your turn. Go ahead. Yourself. Inform us. That was a boy. I thought it was a girl until the father called him son. Damn girly voices. Hmm. Um, and since when are there leprechauns on Eternia? I mean, I mean Irish people. Um, how the how the hell is that even a disguise? Come on, Trapjaw, you can do better than that. I liked it. Like, come on, that was the worst pirate disguise ever. Um, there are switches in that place, really. There are just lights, you know, random-looking switch... Uh, give me a break. Yet another kid wanting to just shuck his responsibilities. The series is almost over. Couldn't they have dropped this type of storytelling like 20 episodes ago? Seriously, water got into the lighthouse, really? Because the kid wasn't watched? This, nah. We'll stretch there. Uh, so glad this was not a two-parter. So damn boring. Wait, the kid's name is Opie, really? <laughs> Andy Taylor's son is way better than this kid. Uh, the episode had no plot whatsoever other than teaching the kid a lesson, and the villains do nothing. They don't do anything. At all. Ugh. How'd you really feel? I just told you. <laughs> what about you? Um, I have some major problems with this episode. Actually, um, outside of the annoying kid, which we'd gotten away from, it seemed like for a little while, but uh, yeah, annoying kid making a reappearance before the show's over. Um, how are they expecting to get that mirror out? I don't know. Like get in there and they're just like, oh, let's grab everything and get out of here. But like, I didn't understand what the physics was behind that. Um, and does Trap John know He-Man's identity now? Apparently so. Because they didn't really, I don't know. Um, my biggest problem, though, with this uh, entire episode is Malaktha is supposed to be this archaeologist character. He's supposed to be super smart, um, you know, an educated and intelligent individual. Apparently not. How is he not smart enough to understand Mossman's powers? Like, they they even explain it to him at one point somewhat as to why Moss Man can do things or what he can do, but he still spends half of the episode questioning Moss Man and saying, With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Oh, you can't do that, or that's not that won't work, or uh, I don't believe you, that type of stuff. Like It just made him come across as not a smart person at all. Like If you're an educated yeah. person and you're, you're, you see this character that's completely made of moss, and he's you know coming out of his disguise and he's you know speaking to the moss and having him do this that and the other, I don't understand why he doesn't 
get on, you know, understand it at that point. He continues to question Mossman's powers over and over again. I just didn't get it. So that was my most striking problem with the episode. So, mm-hmm. uh, like I said, Lackler should be smarter than that. So, let's yep. get to awards and rankings and see how far we drop from the last episode. <laughs> it's gonna be pretty far and pretty fast. Amen. Always amen. All right, it's awards and rankings for the Ancient Mirror of Avatar. First, um, what do you got? Hardware to give out. Uh, I'm going to give a power sword to Moss Man since it's his last appearance and he pretty much is pretty awesome in this one. Other than that, um, I'll give a Havoc Staff to the kid because all the kids in this series deserve Havoc Staffs. That could go down a very bad path if we follow that <laughs> chain of logic uh, well, process. With, with the exception of the Star Child, maybe. But... Um, all right. Uh, yeah, I was not a big fan of Moss Man as far as my memory served. You know, mm-hmm. going into this, I wasn't like, oh, Mossman, he's one of my favorite characters or anything. He's kind of like a throwaway character to me. Like, I didn't really know much about him. I remember the toy. I remember what he looked like. But I was always just kind of like, eh, whatevs. Um, but I actually liked Mossman in this episode. If if there was more episodes like this, I probably would have gr- become a fan of his because I definitely enjoyed him. So I'm going to give him a power sword as well for this episode. Um, so you gave the last episode a four and a half. Orko yeah. out of five. What are you doing for Ancient Mirror of Avatar? 0.5. It only gets a 0.5 because of Mossman. Ouch. Um, I did not think it was that bad. Um, shoosh. I, yikes. Yep. I had, I, <laughs> like I said, I had some problems with it. Um, I have some story issues with it and some uh, interest levels that weren't high enough for me. So I went down to a three on this one. Um, Loses some points for Malakta being retarded, for some of the physics not to work, for them letting uh, He-Man apparently give his identity to Trapjaw. Um, it had potential, so I'm not going to give it a terrible score. And, and there were some things I liked about it, especially Moss Man. So I'm, I'm sticking with a three. I'm not going as far down as you did. So, All right, so Moss Man must have shielded the blow with that episode a little bit for me. Um, we'll see how we end today as we make our way to episode 128 entitled The Games. Looks like you're getting the whole tour, Fisto. Yes, He-Man promised that if I ever came to the palace, I would be well-treated, but I had no idea. (laughs) I never thought I'd see the day when Cringer would willingly run anywhere. And you still haven't. Ready, set, three, two, one, go! But they aren't moving. When does the race start? It already has. The race is to see who can do nothing the longest. You see, they can't move, blink, or make any visible motion. The first one who does, loses. And I always win. You do not? Ah, you lose again, Cringe. I I, I lost? But how? When you talked, your lips moved. And if you move, you lose. But Orko talked first, so his lips moved too. Yeah, but with Orko, how can you tell? I hate to say it, Adam, but you've got a point. <laughs> An excellent race, Prince Adam. Uh, would you not agree, Man-at-Arms? Yes, Fisto. Man-at-Arms? What's that? It's a ship. Oh, it's big! It's coming in fast. I wonder what it wants. 
whatever it wants, I think we're about to find out. People of Eternia, hear us. We are the Vendari, seekers of truth. We come to you with a problem. Where we come from, there is no evil, only good. But here, the powers you call good and evil are eternally in conflict. Boy, he can say that again. We wish to understand the difference between good and evil. Therefore, we have arranged for a test, a game, that will help us understand. We shall search among for the most powerful representatives of good and evil, and they shall be asked to compete in a game to see which is greater. We shall make our choices tomorrow at midday. Until then, farewell. All right, it is time for the last episode today, episode 128 of Games, written by another one by J. Michael Straczynski, air date Thursday, December 6, 1984. The alien Vendari select two warriors to pit good against evil. Because Adam is prevented from turning into He-Man in time, Fisto is chosen as the heroic warrior. Meanwhile, Skeletor has amplified Spikor's evilness to make sure he won't be chosen himself. During the game, however, the evil warriors are allowed to cheat, while the good must try to win without resorting to such tactics. Um, so we almost got our He-Man vs. Skeletor showdown here that you were looking for. We're bad guys in this one are Skeletor, Spikor, Beastman, and Merman in his final appearance. And the Masters, we have all the regs plus Fisto making a reappearance. And the PSA is about man-at-arms with the value of trying and don't give up and you know keep on keeping on kind of thing. If you uh, don't succeed at first, try, try again type scenario. So the games, what did you, I'm going to go first actually. <laughs> this is the closest we ever came in 128 episodes to getting a plot that literally is something almost taken out of Star Trek The Next Generation. Um, and what I mean by that is this is the type of storytelling that Star Trek did really well, where they would have an alien race come in that was trying to examine humans or trying to examine different races, um, trying to learn about uh, morality or this, that, and the other. Um, and I really enjoy that type of, uh, that type of scenario where it's, you know, a completely foreign group and they're trying to learn about Eternia or about, you know, what makes good, good, what makes evil, evil, you know, different things like that. Give us, you know, your best examples and let's see what happens with it. Um, Mm -hmm. so I love the plot setup. Um, again, that doesn't go into execution. That doesn't go into how well they do it or how, you know, poorly they do it or if it's exciting or if it's funny or if it's boring etc but from just a purely plot standpoint i was a 100 percent behind this one what about you nope not again the second episode of the day that has a reused plot pretty much the exact same thing as what happened in uh one of the other game master or whatever the hell it was plots from season one or hell it might have even been earlier in this season i'm trying to find it as i speak this but it's one of those things where, as I've already said today, um, you know, we're five episodes left. They could have done so much better. This season two is just turning to shit for me, honestly. I disagree it, with that big time. How can you say it's turning into shit for you when you've rated this is the three exact, of the last four episodes you've rated above a four? This is the exact same plot as a previous episode where someone plot. yes it is yes it is the one where uh the alien was talking to randor 
and said, oh, I want to learn so much about your planet. I want to learn about good and evil, and I'm going to have a contest, and blah, 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 blah. It's not, it wasn't someone where they picked out the strongest evil, the most yep. evil, and the yes, best it, person. Yes, it was. They picked it two was people He-Man. and had them suit against each other? Yep, it was He-Man and Skeletor. What episode are you talking about? I'm trying to find it. Well, you need to figure it out, because I don't ever remember seeing something that was quite done at this angle. There was, there's been episodes where Alien has, has come down and wanted to learn about them, but there wasn't, give me your most evil warrior, give me your greatest good guy, and let's see. Yes, there, yes there was. Oh. Yes, I know, I remember this. Yes, there was. You keep trying to find that, but uh, from a plot standpoint, like I said, 100% behind this, something straight out of like a science fiction uh, TV series like Star Trek. Love the idea of examining ourselves through the eyes of an of a alien entity. Um, especially one that's not ever seen, and it's just kind of like the voiceover type thing. So, again, I'm not saying if I like the execution or not, or how I'm going to rate this episode, but based purely on what the plot was setting up, 100% be- 100% behind it. Uh-huh. So, he'll do your research uh, as we take a break and make our way to Castle Grayskull to see how the execution went, and if it uh, lives up to the actual plot. Behold! It's a little invention I've been toying with. It can increase the evil power of anyone inside it ten times over, making that person the most evil being on Eternia. Sounds like my kind of invention. There's just one catch. <gasps> Uh-oh. I made the evil Jizer for myself, but then I found that it may have certain unforeseen dangers. On second thought, it's not my kind of invention after all. <laughs> Mine either. Ah, a volunteer! Congratulations, Spycar! And good luck. <laughs> You're going to need it! Alright, we're back and we're at Castle Grayskull, but before we go too far into it, we have some some business to clear up here. So, <laughs> Mike uh, was referencing in the last segment the episode The Arena from Season 2, um, episode 16 of Season 2. Um, I'm going to read the synopsis and I'm going to tell tell you why you're wrong, Mike. Um, no, the synopsis is, is Man-at-Arms has made contact with an immensely powerful yet peaceful alien mm. being known as Ohm. When King Randor and his subjects welcome Ohm to Eternal, Skeletor attacks with the help of General Tataran and his goblin army. During the mighty battle, Ohm decides to pit one warrior from each side against each other and ends up choosing He-Man to face Skeletor. Here's the difference. All right, The major, major difference is this was an alien that was all about peace. All right, He was an alien that was all about peace. And what happened was is he is observing a battle that he can't understand. He can't uh, uh, wrap his brain around. Well, hold on. Let me finish. Let me finish. Better, let me finish. He's, he's, figuring, he's trying to figure out what's going on with this battle. He's against it because he's a peaceful alien. And what he does is he comes up with a way to solve the battle problem. And instead of letting everybody fight, he says, let's just have these two individuals fight. And that can determine who wins this war. And we don't need to do this violence. We don't need to have this battle. That was not about good versus evil. That was about peace versus fighting. That was about war versus peace. And that was a, a, a way to avoid the battle and have these guys fight so we can determine a winner. In the episode that we're talking about right now, the game, 
we're talking about not a peaceful alien. We're just talking about an alien that wants to learn about good and evil. And they've picked the best good person and the best evil person to figure out what kind of tactics they would use to, to uh, try to get the one-ups on each other. Will they stick to honor? What morals and ethics do they have? It's a completely different type. I understand that it's still pitting two people against each other, but that is where the similarities end. No. One is about peace and war, and this one is about good and evil. Yeah, so, I mean, it's a definitely a stark difference. I mean, yes, they are choosing two individuals to face off each other in order to learn about them, so there are some similarities. There's an alien being, and there's a face-off between two individuals. But as far as the motives behind it and what they're trying to learn out of it and why they're putting them up against each other, completely different. This one, um, with He-Man and Skeletor, the arena, they're literally fighting each other to try to decide who wins a battle, and they're actually physically fighting each other. In the games, it's, it's, they're not fighting each other. They're going after these objects. They're trying to right. go after a goal. So, number one, they're not fighting each other because it's not about fighting. It's about if you have this goal and you have good morals that you're living by and you have evil morals that you're living by, how are you going to come up with, with achieving that goal and how are you going to um, deal with the other person that's doing it maybe from a different standpoint? So it, there's a lot of differences in these two episodes. All right. Still too damn similar. I understand me. that they're similar in some ways, uh, but not it, when it, it comes to the heart of it. Um, as far as Castle Grayskull moments, what did you like about this episode? Honestly, nothing. Oh, come on. Nothing? Hon- honestly, like, <laughs> I mean, uh, Spike or falling was the, was the funniest moment for me. All right. Well, I liked Fisto being in here. All right. Get a Fisto appearance again. We we asked for certain things about 10 episodes ago. We asked for stable writers that aren't just one-off writers, and we asked for more outside of the normal um, villains and, and, and good people. We've gotten a lot of that since then. We've gotten a lot of the same writers, and we've gotten a lot of new characters or repeat characters. We got too bad for two episodes this week. We got uh, Moss Man. Now, this episode, we have Spike Gore and Fisto. Um, you know, we've gotten a lot of repeat writers. I love Fisto being in this, all right? I love that Merman was in this. I love that it was, like, like I said, a Star Trek-style story. I like the idea that there's these games or trials. It's not just a fight between two people. It's this trial that they have to go after um, and collect points, et cetera. I thought that was cool. I thought also an interesting take that it's not Skeletor and He-Man, that there was, there was a way to uh, have two different people. It's not just your typical, oh, He-Man and Skeletor. So I like that, even if it had the cool element of He-Man eventually tagging in. It's like a tag team in the WWE here. He-Man got the tag and got to come in. Um, I thought there was a lot to like about this episode. I, I can't believe you didn't have anything written down. I'm not rating this episode super high. I'm going to give that away right now. I do think there's some some parts that are bad about this, but to say there's nothing good, come on, man. Nope, nothing You're good. What's You're wrong. Tim will once again agree with me because I'm right. So <laughs> let's make our way to Snake Mountain to see what the heck Mike's talking about, unless he just recycles his old "this has been done before" argument. Oh yeah. Yeah. That was too easy. Something on your mind? Well, I guess I'm just thinking about the Bendari. They'll make their choices for the games any time now, and speaking of time, it's getting late. Wait a minute. Practice isn't over yet. Uh, Yes, but I, uh, uh... Ah, there you are, my friends. I wanted to say goodbye before I left for my forest. And we'd better say goodbye if I'm to turn into He-Man in time for the Bendari to make their choice. Oh, no, 
you don't. You're not going anywhere until you say goodbye to Fisto and we finish our practice. Look! The Bendari. Now they go to find He-Man. Somehow I don't think they're going to find him. What? what? Uh, I'm glowing! You have been chosen by the Bendari to represent good on eternity. But He-Man is the logical choice! Our equipment cannot locate this He-Man. You are our choice. Do you accept it? Yes, I am honored. And now, to choose your opponent. It's time. The Mandari are about to make their decision. Now to activate the evil Geyser. All right, it's time to Mike for Mike to get on his soapbox and give us all the different reasons, not just one, all the different reasons why this episode was not good. Okay, I know it didn't happen yet, but Jesus Christ, an evil geyser, Megatron did it better in Heavy Metal War. Um, get off the Transformers train. Well, of course evil has no rules, otherwise they wouldn't be evil, you dumbass. No, there's evil that has rules. There's there's unwritten rules and codes and, and honor and different things among among thieves sometimes. Spikor is so uh, like the last half of the episode. Every every time Spikor opens his mouth, so annoying. Where the hell is Trapjaw or Triclops or Merman or hell even Whiplash? Anyone would be better than Spikor in this. Yeah, uh, you you say the same thing about Whiplash, and now you're saying that you'd rather have Whiplash. Yep, pretty much. What's wrong with Spikor? He... No, just no. That's it. Yep. That's why you hated this episode so much because Spikor was annoying. That and the recycled plot. Oh, my plot. God. Continual recycled plot. Continual. Plots. It's completely fucking different. No, it's not. Oh, my God. All right. The the lowlights for me in this one, uh, there's some wonky animation on the evil warriors. Um, they I don't like all the Looney Tune gags in this one. They they do funky stuff with the animation. They make them, like, stretch and uh, do different things. So I just thought the animation wasn't consistent with what we've seen for the rest of the series, and I don't like when they do that. Um and then my only other question is, what is Skeletor doing that whole time? Uh, he keeps checking in and like he's monitoring the, the the battles and whatnot. But what is he? What is he in that driller exactly doing? Like, what is the purpose of that? Um, it's just like, and we'll go to Skeletor underground drilling through the dirt <laughs> for apparently no reason. Maybe I missed something. Yep. Maybe I fell asleep for a second. But I, I wasn't sure why Skeletor was doing that or what the purpose was. For the whole time, like Merman is out there and Beastman or whoever is out there, like trying to help uh, Spike or do different things. And meanwhile, Skeletor is just drilling, drilling through the planet. Um, maybe it was uh, all the diversion. He was doing other things while this whole thing was going on I, that we never got to. I'm not sure. But basically just the animation being wonky is probably the biggest thing, uh, being the biggest problem of this episode. But otherwise, uh, a decently entertaining episode overall. So, mm. all right, regardless of what Mike thinks, please uh, make sure, guys, that you go to the website and let him know why this is not a recycled plot line. Um, two similarities does not make it a recycled plot line, but let's get to the sure awards and rankings and see what kind of idiotic rating Mike gives us one. Uh. Let's see how Fisto likes a taste of my new weight magnifier. 
stone lifts, the heavier the stone will become. All right, it's awards and rankings time. As things have got heated here during the games, obviously I am uh, fighting for the side of good and Mike is fighting for the side of evil. He's been evil-jized, like he said earlier, by uh, Megatron and Skeletor and all kinds of other people. So what kind of hardware do you have to give out for the game, sir? Havoc stack staff to Straczynski oh, for reusing the same damn plot. <sighs> Not the same plot. What what part of my explanation did you not understand? No, I understood it. I just don't agree with it because it is the exact... It's not the exact. Don't say the word exact when it's not exact. It isn't isn't them fighting each other. It's not about war, peace, and war. Well, yeah, but it's still two people going for a goal. It's the same... So anytime two people go from a goal, that that, that should be eliminated. That should be eliminated. They used... Okay, this is episode... They've used it one other time in 130 episodes. They used it where they paired off two people against each other. So therefore that is recycled and reused and can't be done again. They used it 47 episodes ago from now. I'm going to, I'm going to go back and get some of the arguments you've made on these series. And then I'm going to, I'm going to remember them. I'm going to write them down and I'm going to yeah. use them against you. If we ever do a sure. uh, relook sure at transformers or this, that, and the other. Cause come on, man, just because two people are pitted off against each other. They, they're never allowed to this do that. Once felt they like the, no, the, but this felt like the exact same episode that we saw before. We when to, I was we watching need to re-watch it. them back to back. No. All right. What kind of rating do you give it? Zero. Jesus. I'm an idiot. All right. Well, I'll give it a more appropriate rating. I'll give it three and a half uh, Battle Cats out of five. Not, not great. Like, I'm not trying to make it sound like it's a five or a four star episode, but it's nowhere near a zero. It's uh, middle of the road, which... Uh, to me, it was slightly better than average, so I'm going to give it a three and a half. Good Lord. Good night. Um, all right, <laughs> we're going to take a quick break to let Mike find the rest of his brain, and uh, we'll be right back with our thoughts as we wind down to our final two episodes next episode. Some people think the only way to solve a difference is to fight. Skeletor, for example, his answer to every problem is fight. He doesn't care who's right or wrong. He thinks that might makes right. Well, it doesn't. He-Man knows that. Even with all his power, he always tries to avoid fighting. Fighting doesn't solve problems. Fighting only makes more problems. (laughs) See you soon. A female He-Man. This is the worst day of my life. We've told the tales of Eternia, now we head to a different dimension to explore the myths of Etheria. Join Optimus Solo and TF2 and Mike as they continue their Mo2 journey by exploring She-Ra, Princess of Power. 35 podcast episodes covering the entire run of She-Ra, the Christmas special, and more. You can find Myths of Etheria on iTunes and www.geekcastradio.com. For the honor of Grayskull, we all have the power. Have you ever had a job to do you thought was boring and unimportant? We all have. Opie did. But no job is unimportant. Opie learned that if he'd done the little jobs his father gave him, things would not have gone wrong. So remember, any job worth doing is worth doing well, no matter how dull it may seem at the time. Bye for now. So let's say you're looking for a podcast of your favorite 80s comic books, G.I. Joe, Transformers, Ninja Turtles, He-Man, etc. Where are you going to go to find us? Welcome to Star Joe's Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan. And I'm Chuck. That's right, everybody. We're the Star Joe's. We host a podcast called Star Joe's Podcast. 
where we talk about your favorite comic books, your favorite toys of all the 80s properties. Star Wars, G.I. Joe, Transformers, Mask, Thundercats, Voltron, you name it, we cover it. If it's in the 80s, we will we'll cover it at some point. Yeah, so what you want to do to find us, you can go to iTunes, you can go to www.starjoes.com. And remember, the Force will be with you, because knowing us is half the battle. Today we learned about the value of trying, even when the odds are against you. Sometimes when people around us aren't playing by the rules or the job seems too big, it's easy to become discouraged. That's when you really have to stick with it and keep trying, because that's how winners are born. So whether you're playing a game or doing your schoolwork, no matter how far behind you think you are, don't give up. Remember, you can't win if you don't try. See you next time. Hey, I'm Gary. I'm Mike. I'm Chuck. And I'm Justin. Join the four of us every week on the Internet's number one and longest-running G.I. Joe podcast, What's on Joe Mind? It's Joe news, reviews, and interviews like you've never heard them before, delivered right to your MP3 player. Our guests include Jason Marsden, Kevin Michael Richardson, and Matt Yang King from G.I. Joe Renegades, Larry Hama, Robert Atkins, and John Barber from IDW Publishing, and many more from around the online Joe community. Yeah, it's guys talking about Joe. Think of it as Joe Talk meets Sports Talk. And we make fun of Chuck. Right, and we pay again. Come on, Chuck. We're just kidding kind of sometimes chuck makes fun of himself right and we okay seriously this is just getting ridiculous now it's what's on joe mind every week on the geek cast radio network inside pulse.com stitcher smart radio and itunes download and listen today i suppose i still can't say something about transformers can i good no what about sports that sounds good that's all right yeah, you're wrong! I think about ruling all Eternia more than I think about fighting. Fighting is a close second. You think you must fight to get your way. Fighting is no way to solve differences. I think it is. That's why you'll lose. Wanna bet? As long as I'm around, I will not let you do evil. You meddlesome muscle man! Now what? More trouble? Wonder what that could be. Doug Ross, what's the matter? Why, why, it's Doodle Stump. <laughs> no, he made it over to this side of Eternia, and he's coming this way. Is this one of your tricks? No, no, I, I can't do anything while I'm bound. Release Zagraz so he can stop the comets. I don't need his help to stop one measly comet. I'll do it myself. All right, thanks for sticking with us. And that means there's only two episodes remaining for He-Man and the Masters of the Universe from 1980. So we're down to our final two episodes of this uh, part of the podcast. We'll have our next episode where we cover the last two episodes. And then we'll have our look back at the entire series. We have two episodes left. There's really not much that you can say as far as things you're going to look for or whatever. They only have two opportunities to give us anything um, with to save the creatures in the cold zone coming up. But um, mm-hmm. you you had been on a good a good run there for a while. Uh, <laughs> five five a four a four and a half a five a four a four a four a five a four and a half. Now all of a sudden you're given a half point and a zero. Is that just yep. that you're just going out? You've you've had enough? So no, I no. It's not just that I'm tired of this series. I watched these episodes, 
And nothing about them made me happy. Nothing about <laughs> them. No, I'm serious. I mean, there's a couple of things, you know, in, you know, I, I gave a, I gave a four and a half to the first one. That one was really enjoyable. The other two here today, it was just, he man in the masters of the universe is going out with a whimper in my personal opinion. It really, really is. Uh, first of all, I was expecting lots of more triclops. I was expecting first, where the fuck is Stinkor? I remember Stinkor being a toy as a kid. He's not in here at all. No, he's just a toy. You know, uh, where the hell are the damn snake men? Where's Tongue Lasher? Where's where's uh, King Hiss? Where's all that stuff? Like, I serious, like, I'm wondering what the hell I was doing in 1985. Play with your toys, man. Play with no, your toys. I'm, I'm, I'm serious. And we'll go over all the different characters that are only toys or that didn't appear. No, and I, I, I know we will, but I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to sit here and list them all. I'm just saying that after... You know, we're coming down to the wire, like you said. Next week, we got two episodes left. And it's like, I was expecting so much more out of Season 2 than we got. Yes, we got a lot of really cool things. We also got a lot of really shitty things. And as it's winding down, it's the series just going out with a whimper, in my opinion. No, I disagree. I haven't I haven't given anything a, a low rating since uh, Beauty and the Beast back at episode <laughs> 17. So I, I've given 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 11 episode straight uh higher than uh three except for uh, the toy maker i only gave it two so i mean I've, i think it's been strong um you know and you can't obviously we don't know which uh characters were in plans to be in episodes going into season three um if they would have had one or you know what toys were released later on that would have been turned into characters that uh, would have been in the series um I actually think it was going. We'll we'll get into it next episode, but I I, I don't think this uh, series goes out with a whimper by any means. Um, but uh, I can understand. You know, I didn't have great ratings for the Ancient Mirror of Avatar or the games. Uh, I give it a three and a three and a half. So I'm not necessarily saying they're great episodes, um, but but I disagree with the series going out with a whimper. I, I don't think that's the case. But we'll have to see exactly how it goes out when we get to our next two episodes as we wind down the series once and for all. But uh, you'll have to wait until then to hear how exactly we think the series goes out, literally. Yep. Thank you for listening to the Tales of Eternia. If you'd like to get in contact with us to leave feedback for the show, there are several ways to do so. Visit the website, geekcastradio.com, where you can comment on this and all of our other episode posts. Send email to feedback at geekcastradio.com. Put in the subject line, Pogs, Tales of Eternia, episode 43. Leave the show's feedback in iTunes. Please do this. Follow us on Twitter at Geekcast Radio is the network Twitter. Mine is Steve Dewan. Mike, what is your Twitter? At Optimus Solo. You can also follow at Power of Grayskull for all the other He-Man, Powers of Grayskull podcast stuff I post up there. Uh, become a fan on Facebook. Go to facebook.com slash Network. Call the voicemail line. Tell us the show you're leaving the message for and your name. 502-526-5821. If you guys want to call and leave us voicemails, we need them before March 15th. So you got one week to give us uh, voicemails to put into episode 45, which is the overall recap. We hope you enjoyed the tales today, and don't forget to join us on our next adventure where we'll conclude the season two and the series discussing episodes 129 and 130 to save the creatures in the cold zone. For now, I am TF2 and Mike with... The one and only and always right Optimus Solo. Always wrong, Optimus Solo. By the power and for the honor of Grayskull, we all have the power.
With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.